Come with me. I want to show you something magical. It isn't far, and we won't be gone long. You don't even have to pack. Oh, and the best part? It's relaxing, rejuvenating, and free. Almost nothing feels nicer than simply lazing in the warm sunshine on a perfect spring day. When you allow yourself the small luxury of sitting back with a cool drink and listening to splashing water that spills over the rocks in a nearby fountain, and breathing in the subtle fragrances of colorful flowers, your senses are filled and your soul is nourished. As your eyes take in the surroundings, you notice that although the effect is calm, there is activity everywhere. Bees drink from dainty floral cups, and with unhurried determination, they work their way from one bouquet to another. At the touch of a soft breeze, a sweet melody begins to play. First, a clear single note, and then as you listen, harmony. Before long, it seems, hidden among the trees and plant life, a whole choir of small voices sing songs all for your enjoyment. From time to time, a small singer flies away, only to make room for another. As the sun begins to melt and evening tiptoes in, the singers are replaced by others that perform new songs with a completely different sound. The ambience changes with the colorfully painted sunset sky, and an orchestra tunes up. There is the low croaking of a tuba, the bow against the string, like a violin, and sometimes castanets. Then, like a curtain coming down on Act One, the stage goes dark. Night has fallen. The concerts are over, but the show is just beginning. With hardly a sound from soft little feet, a troupe of delightful performers enters to present their own kind of entertainment. Some wear masks over their eyes and frolic about in clown-like fashion. Their only thought, it seems, to experience the sheer joy of being alive. Others take their role more seriously and regard the frivolity from afar. Their long, graceful shadows silently cascade against the moonlight. As the stars gleam from a deep velvet sky, the day comes to a close, and so does the presentation. For a silent moment, the air is still. The dew falls tenderly on the bowed heads of the sleeping flowers and softly caresses long blades of grass. There is peace and rest under the watchful eyes of the night ever vigilant until the sun awakes and the curtain rises on a new production for your enjoyment. You might be surprised to know that the images that just played out in your mind aren't imaginary. In fact, this happens each and every day. It all begins with your backyard habitat. I'm Anna Vanover, and this is Rise for Wildlife. 
Not everyone is cut out to be a certified wildlife rescuer rehabilitator. It is hard work and often unappreciated and heartbreaking. Still, some of us would love to take on the task, but cannot due to time, space, or zoning restrictions. However, we can all do our part by helping to provide a safe habitat for wildlife and at the same time reap the benefits of enjoying nature at its finest. Making your backyard or even small patio a wildlife habitat is not as difficult as it may seem. It has been said, if you build it, they will come. Plant a few native flowers and shrubs, include a water source, a dry area, and a few other simple essentials, and that's really all it takes. Before you know it, your own yard will be an endless source of wonder and amazement. You can even have it listed as a certified wildlife habitat. The National Wildlife Association says that there are over 150,000 certified wildlife habitats in the United States. They can be anywhere and of any size. Many are in schools, churches, even some businesses have created areas that are designed to nurture and protect wildlife. You can start right in your own backyard, today. Those of us who live in residential urban areas usually have a relatively minimal amount of land, and most people haven't set out to create their landscape with the idea of contributing to the proliferation of wildlife. But here is something interesting. The Audubon Society says that there is direct correlation between healthy bird communities and healthy insect populations. Over 95% of North American birds raise their babies on insects. Ornithologist Doug Ptolemy says that it takes up to 600 caterpillars a day to feed a clutch of four to six Carolina chickadees. Ptolemy goes on to say that these birds don't travel very far to find food. They search within just 160 feet of their nests. That's why it is so important to plant trees and foliage that attract these insects. You are probably thinking that it doesn't seem smart to plant healthy flowers and trees, then actually attract insect pests to them. Well, there is an amazing balance that occurs when you garden with a wildlife habitat in mind. Many of the birds that we want to attract to our backyards eat a variety of berries and seeds, along with occasional insects, throughout much of the year. But in the spring and summer months, these birds are working tirelessly to provide food, and lots of it, for their hungry hatchlings who seem to grow bigger by the minute and are always waiting in the nests for their devoted parents to fill their open beaks with lots of freshly caught bugs. This is a great help to the gardeners and backyard bird watchers because baby birds hatch at the precise time of the year that insects invade gardens, affording us the delight of observing an abundance of bird species as they happily rid our yards of insect pests while at the same time keeping their offspring satisfied and happy, thus ensuring the health and strength of the next generation. Birds are only one part of the delight you will find in creating a backyard habitat. Once we take the time to educate ourselves about nature, we discover the beauty and benefit of all creatures. Even ones we may have once mistakenly considered to be pests. Squirrels, raccoons, opossums, and skunks 
all play an important role and deserve our respect. Squirrels bury seeds in nuts that can propagate new vegetation and trees. Skunks help reduce the numbers of destructive small rodents and hard-shelled insects. Despite their reputations as trash diggers, raccoons and opossums are actually nature's cleanup crew. It may come as a surprise to you that raccoons are quite useful in protecting bees. As we know, bees pollinate flowers and plants and are essential to our food chain. Wasps are an ever-present danger to bees and will violently colonize areas where bees are found. Wasp larvae is one food source of raccoons, and so by simply searching out their favorite snack, raccoons are also inadvertently doing their part to save our diminishing bee population. Opossums may be the most misunderstood visitor to our garden. Though they are often spotted as casualties of the roads and highways, opossums are quiet and unobtrusive, and most likely a regular nighttime visitor that you have never even noticed. As North America's only marsupial, the Virginia opossum is a marvel among mammals. They forage throughout the night, often carrying a large number of furry babies on their backs. They eat snails, clean up roadkill, and devour hundreds of disease-carrying ticks. Though we in no way advocate the handling or feeding of wild animals, they do indeed play an important role in urban areas, and as they pass through our backyard habitats, they can find natural food and water sources. Designing your yard space to accommodate local wildlife gives back on so many levels. When you allow birds and other wildlife to naturally control insect pests, you reduce the amount of harmful chemical pesticides that pollute our air, cause illness, and upset the natural balance. Even on a small scale, this eco-friendly contribution to our world is your way to make a meaningful and positive impact. Licensed rehabbers use much of their time and resources to rescue, rehabilitate, and release wildlife back into nature, where it belongs. They know that many of the animals that they care for and grow to love may encounter danger or be harmed when released back into their ever-shrinking natural world. Our small backyard habitats extend a safe haven for wildlife that pass through them and ease the minds of their rescuers. So what are you waiting for? Start planting and planning. Creating your backyard habitat can be a life-changing experience and a joy for the entire family for generations to come. We'll be right back. Made by Millworks is happy to sponsor Rise for Wildlife. Home to over 100 unique artisans and makers, Made is located in downtown Long Beach, California. From local honey to handmade jewelry, you can find gifts for both your human and furry friends. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Made by Millworks. And when you're in town, stop by with your pup for a treat and have Fido's picture taken for a chance to be a part of Made Mutt Monday. At Made, it's all about the people and local art and culture. When you shop at Made, you support an entire community. Virginia Tech has done studies regarding backyard habitats. Their findings aren't surprising. Because of so much commercial and residential development, habitats have become increasingly affected. So much has been altered 
that in many cases it has become impossible to support the needs of animals that at one time occupied those areas. So, many species have begun to adapt. They live among us human beings, trying to carve out an existence from what little natural surroundings they now have left. With compassion and understanding, we can help. Each of us, young and old, can take action on our own property. What we do can have a significant and lasting effect on the lives of the animals with whom we coexist. This is where backyard habitats come into play. Remember, you will be managing the habitat that you have created and not the wildlife that will visit it. The best way to start this process is to make a list of what you want for your yard. Do you want raised flower beds, shade trees, shrubbery where certain birds may build nests, bright flowers to attract hummingbirds? These preferences make a good starting place. Here is an interesting fact you may want to consider as well. Certain plants provide more oxygen than others. The Gerbera daisy, for example, is often used as a decorative plant in the garden. But did you know that it produces high levels of oxygen throughout the night? The aloe vera plant is not only extremely low maintenance, it is well known for its healing properties and can be used to soothe minor burns as well as insect bites, bee stings, and other skin issues. Best of all, the aloe vera and many other plants don't require a lot of space in a yard and can easily live in a pot as can many dwarf citrus trees. When you begin your venture into creating a backyard habitat, you might want to think about the role your plants will play, not just how they will look. If your goal is to attract birds to your yard, consider where you can provide them with cover from wet or cold weather, and also places such as twiggy shrubs or small trees where they can hide or build nests. Keep in mind that you are creating a habitat, so you'll want to allow it to develop naturally. Leaf litter provides a natural mulch for plants as well as a great place for birds to forage for bugs. An important component to remember is a clean water source for drinking and bathing. A simple dish or bird bath is sufficient. The sight and sound of moving water will draw birds and other wildlife from blocks away. Of course, for some of us, the size of our yards will make a difference in what we can do. But vast or compact, you will surely be surprised and delighted with your accomplishment. Right now, I'm standing outside, and I would like to take a moment to describe what I'm seeing, to give you a mental picture of what our own backyard habitat looks like. We live in an urban residential community. The modest single-story homes were built in the early 1960s. Houses and property are small by today's McMansion standards, with six-foot privacy fences separating one postage stamp from the ones on either side and behind. Our backyard is not deep, only about 10 feet from back door to the fence line. Its length is about 40 feet to the fences on either side. A large portion of our yard is a paved patio, flanked with 10 by 10 squares of yard area. These small gardens lead down both sides of the house as narrow side yards. The design of our backyard habitat is ever-evolving and brings great satisfaction to us and our diminutive visitors. 
There are many varieties of native birds, lizards, bees, squirrels, opossum, and occasionally raccoons. Before we created this habitat, we didn't witness any wildlife except the occasional bird that passed overhead. Our backyard looks something like an English garden, with quite a variety of annual and perennial flowers and plants, many that have grown from cuttings that belong to the gardens of family and friends. We have several plants that once belonged to relatives, now long since past. There is heart and sentimentality here. Some of the foliage looks a bit overgrown, but we actually manicure it that way on purpose. This part of the garden sits back against the fence and is home to the larger plants that provide nectar for the hummingbirds. They drench their needle-nosed beaks in nectar from the red blooms of the salvia that look like tiny trumpets and happily poke here and there through the velvety purple sage and honeysuckle. When they tire out their whirring little wings, they often take a short rest on the tip-top spire of the nearby dwarf nectarine tree. These amazing little birds come and go from dawn to dusk in a flurry of brilliant color and will occasionally stop midair to have a close-up look at one of the resident humans. At the far end of our patio is this, a 10 by 10 foot dog run made of chain link. It is fully enclosed with a chain link top and door. Since purchasing it more than a decade ago, our pups have spent perhaps less than a single hour in the run with no intention of returning to it. They think it is jail, so we have repurposed it as part of our backyard habitat. It has become a free bird aviary. Outside, we have planted a few grapevines, and inside there are branches, perches, feeders, and birdhouses with nesting grass and green plants and ferns. The sparrows, finches, wrens, and blue jays come and go, flying through the chain links as though there is nothing there at all. This bird run, as the dogs happily call it, is partially under the patio awning. The other half is exposed to the elements. During the warmer weather, the birds tend to sit on the sunny side of the run, or top side. During the rainy season and on chilly winter days, they huddle together on perches and swings on the side that is sheltered by the patio roof. In the evening, they go home to the various trees that we have planted around the perimeter of the yard and just outside the run. The funny thing is that over time, we have become fixtures to them, and they seem to be as interested in watching us as we are in watching their antics. Our noisy blue jays call to us to announce their arrival each day, and they vie with the sassy little squirrels for the sunflower seeds and peanuts that we provide. Lining our side fences, we have planted orange, plum, nectarine, lemon, lime, and even grapefruit trees of the dwarf varieties. These provide enough fruit for us to enjoy, and of course we willingly share with our wildlife friends. Among our favorite plants is a passion vine that creeps over and clings to a tall trellis. This amazing vine produces tasty passion fruit, dazzling purple blooms, and is almost exclusively where the beautiful orange gulf fritillary butterflies lay their tiny orange eggs. The leaves of the vine are food for the most amazing minuscule caterpillars who eat and grow and eat and grow, hardly stopping to rest until it is time to spin their brown chrysalis that look almost exactly like a dried brown leaf. Within a week or two, they emerge as new creatures 
and in brilliant orange flurries, they begin their life cycle once again. These marvels and more show us that nature perseveres and the circle of life goes on. By giving our outdoor living spaces back to nature, we become custodians and protectors of our animal counterparts. And in return, they give us a glimpse into their amazing daily adventures. Through habitat gardening principles, we can cultivate beauty and inspire in others an appreciation of the fundamental rights of all creatures, great and small. Each of us, in our own way, can come together and rise for wildlife. I'm Anna Vanover. Rise for Wildlife is a production of Rise for Wildlife Incorporated, a nonprofit organization designed to help those who rescue by providing information, support, and education. Rise for Wildlife and the licensed rehabilitators who we support would like to thank you, the listener, for your gift of any size. Your tax-deductible contribution helps us to help rescuers through information, support, and education. You can make your donation on PayPal at paypal.me slash riseforwildlifeinc, all one word. That's paypal.me riseforwildlifeinc. Rise for Wildlife Incorporated is a 501c3 nonprofit organization.